0: right? Like, in other words, don't I want to be high or is it just a small high? Like, would I feel anything?
1: Well, it depends what you're looking for. Like, I I think certain people just want to sand down the edges. You know what I mean? Like I just took a hit of that joint because I'm like, okay, we got through the initial five minutes of this interview. Now I can relax. And so I want to enjoy this and I, this'll make me enjoy it even more. So that's my use. But some people you want to take, okay, like two and a half milligrams is just to sand down the edges. You know, like it's almost an imperceptible high because it's just supposed to level you out. So sometimes people are looking to feel the high when feeling it isn't necessary. Sometimes you just need to not feel it to feel it. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yes, but you need, you say in your new special that you can look at a person. I found this fascinating. You're up on stage and you say, and you even say to the audience, I-, "I could look at you and tell you. I'm kind of a drug expert. I've taken every <laughs> drug there is. I've done. I'm a po- pharmacological
1: into it, is what it's called, Howard. Yeah, pharmacological into it. I-, I can look at your body and tell you what you're gonna thrive on. I could tell, but just by looking at you, if I didn't know you for as many years as I have, I right. could tell you you can't handle THC. You have right. too many issues. You cannot do that. You also shouldn't be doing any other sort of psychoactive drugs or psychotropic or right. hallucinogens. You can't handle it robin can period yeah, she's done it.
0: ayahuasca and enjoyed it i've done acid i did not enjoy it i mean <laughs> i i've done uh, i've done almost every drug on the planet and not, you know uh, what the I mean?
1: only ones you really think say you enjoyed was quaaludes for some reason or other oh, yeah, i love like quaaludes, oh, quaaludes are awesome i once took a quaalude <laughs> at some party or i took two because i was with mary mccormick and i was like do you want one she's like no and i was like well i guess i'll take both of them so i took these two quaaludes <laughs> And I was like, I think I was at Jane Fonda's house. Yes, I was. It was this girl that we knew and this girl came to the party and she's like, oh, I have these quaaludes from the 70s. I'm like, you kept them from the 70s? I didn't understand how that was (laughs) even possible. Anyway, so uh, Mary looks over at me in the middle of the party and I'm just like against a wall, like stuck. (laughs) Not my legs are bending, but like nothing's moving And she's like, Michael, you know, go get her. Go get her. And he gets me and he's like, you have to sit down for the rest of the night. Didn't they
0: make you... They like paralyzed you. you. Yeah, but didn't it make you super horny? Like people... Like I used to do... I I mean, here's why I tell people not to take Quaaludes or anything like that. They're horribly addictive. They were 25 cents a piece when I was in college. And that's all I had money for. And I started to take them. And inevitably... I would fuck people that didn't even look human. I mean, I I was so charged up. And, and believe me, oh, wow. they looked at me and were like, I just fucked a guy who doesn't look human. So everybody was disgusted. It was not pretty. But you became this this horny mess that really just was fucking. I mean, it was crazy.
1: Oh Crazy. No, I didn't. I don't think I got that. I I only get horny when I've done. I've been horny when I've done Molly like that makes me horny, right. uh, but not uh, no, not not that experience on quaaludes, but it's good. To, I mean, I would like to feel that kind of horny. Actually, that would that would be a nice change of pace after covid and ugh, pajamas for nine months. I mean, everyone, me. everything's just become so unappealing. You know what I mean?
0: Take a Quaalude with a guy you can't stand, and you'll still fuck him. I'm telling you, it is a dangerous, dangerous drug. It really is. I'll see if I I can have some Quaaludes.
1: Taken two, you know? No, No, definitely. I always listen, Robin. I always overdo it. I'm like, oh, I'm surprised.
0: I'm surprised you didn't fall asleep. I mean, that's what they would knock you out, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was like that's like a horse tranquilizer, like a ketamine. So what
0: do you think is, my drug is? Knowing me, I mean, I guess maybe it's... Oh, just probably just
1: some red wine is what you need. Just to, right. you know what I mean? That's all <laughs> yeah, you can handle. Much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Don't mess with what's going on already there. Like you've already, yeah. got, it's too complicated already. <laughs> I Are try to uh, complicate things because I think I have a simple mind. So I like the hallucinogenic effects of things because it makes me think outside of my normal, you know, parameters. And I just am like some white girl from New Jersey. I don't have a ton of life experience other than... You know, being adventurous. So like when I do drugs, I have a really open mind and I'm like, okay, take me somewhere I've never been. And then I can come back to my real life and be a little bit like wiser just for having been present during that kind of experience. You know what I mean?
0: Do you prefer? Do you do you have a type of weed that you smoke or or edible that you take? I'm curious what your whole thing.
1: Is. Um, yeah, I do, but I don't really care. It's just whatever's around because it's it is it is about your attitude going into drugs. Like that's all it is. It's like if you're in a good mood, everything's going to have a good effect on you, right? Right. So I don't care what I'm smoking or what kind of edible you're giving me. Like I'm going to have a good time.
0: Are you a wake and bake type person? I mean, uh, like when I talk to Seth Rogen or Snoop, I mean these are guys who just they they're high pretty much all day <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? They don't They don't. They don't distinguish. Yeah, right. They don't understand why you wouldn't be high. That's the reality they no, want to it's be. It's so
1: funny because when I try to operate like that, I just really can't get anything done. You know what I mean? I end up in my bed watching like, <laughs> right. you know, 60 minutes in the middle of the afternoon from like three weeks ago. That's how high I am. So it's like there's no point to that for me. I'm waking and baking this morning because I'm on the phone with you guys. Right. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't. Well, when I when I train with my trainer, Ben Bruno, he's super annoying and i have to smoke a joint to be around him so i usually (laughs) smoke a joint on my way over to his house which is usually around 8 a.m or he comes to my house but either way i smoke before he gets around for sure and then i'm
0: this training (laughs) you're doing first of all i don't understand getting high like smoking weed before you train i I would think you need to sort of be in a like present or something but
1: It gets me in the zone. It gets me in the strong zone because then I can focus on a workout. Like my normal personality, I can't take working out seriously. That's not serious to me. So if I get stoned, I can put myself in a little magic box where I'm like, yeah, okay, you're strong, and you've just got to like bang this out for an hour, and I can really, really focus. That's another thing that weed is really good for that people don't believe.
0: Sometimes you go to a gym and you go, look at the absurdity of this. Rather than me walking around my house and cleaning up, and doing things that are practical i'm going to a place walking on treadmills i'm lifting weights i could lift a, I, I could lift something in my house like a couch and and probably yeah. move it that would would really help it's it is somewhat absurd to go to some place and work out but i gotta say i mean i'm looking at all your naked pictures on uh on instagram and uh you're you're not shy about your body you've got i'm just trying some to get shape. people to
1: vote howard okay
0: Bullshit! You're showing off a bit. You look, you look fantastic. No, of course, fantastic. I'm showing off. Yes, of you, course
1: <laughs> I am. I'm always showing off. Hello, that's first of all, I'm showing off a body because I finally have the body that I've wanted my whole life. So yes, I right. am showing it off. Um, I feel really strong, and I'm just like, oh my god, you know. I just, and I also think it's so silly that everybody takes nudity so seriously when everyone is naked on the internet all day long. Like, go look at Kim Kardashian's ass all day long. And then the minute you show a nipple, it is all hell breaks loose. It's so maddening to me and so sexist and so, so pointless at this stage of the game. What is
0: with your nudity? People seem to get angry with your nudity. You're right. Not Kim Kardashian, not anyone else. It's your nudity. I mean, I don't know what it is that evokes all of this attention with uh, uh, negative attention about your nudity. I like it.
1: Maybe I like mad seeing that because maybe people are mad because I look so cute.
0: <laughs> maybe you want to know something? I'm watching the special, and uh, Chelsea comes out in a white jumpsuit. Is that a way to describe it? And yeah. a white jumpsuit can be very unforgiving. Most women and men should not be in anything white, That's especially like, on stage and on TV. It's very Elvis unforgiving. I've learned that, yeah. But I turned to my wife, I said, Look at Chelsea, thin in an unforgiving white jumpsuit, looking hot. How much thought went into this white jumpsuit for the special? Because the special's on uh, HBO, people are going to see it, and they're going to evaluate you. Um, (laughs) How much thought goes into what you wear for a stand-up special?
1: Uh, I was just in a jumpsuit mode. I'm not, you know, it was a cute one, I loved it. I was like, oh, this is cute and vibrant and bright, and I wanted that, you know, I wanted to film this special and give some people relief and, like, you know reminder of like humanity and hilarity and all of the shit and i just yeah. thought white was a color but and it do was you a vibrant walk around
0: color. do you walk around your house and look no, at your ass Howard, in the i don't do that
1: no you don't i do not you do that i do not do that i'm not that i'm not that i'm vain but i'm not that self like i don't think about it overthink it i go <laughs> all right let's make a decision and then let's do it and and, i'm vain uh, i'm vain don't pretend i'm not pretending i'm not i look in the mirror i want to look good i want to look rested all of that but that's not something i do is you know worry about outfits obviously take a look
0: (laughs) no this no that's bullshit because even when i would watch you on the E, when going back to e television when you hosted the late night show you always had on sexy shoes there was a there was a definite effort going on there shoes Uh, i care
1: about I, i do care about shoes
0: yeah, yeah. And you always had, like, good high heels, and you would sit on one leg. I, I saw what you were doing. I, I knew you were speaking uh, to me for the did. TV. It sounds like you did. Yeah, I saw <laughs> I saw what was going on. I know what was By the way, I was thinking about you. You know, <laughs> with that late-night show on E!, I think that was a terrific format for you. I think it was a terrific venue. You started to feel like it was trivial. You're talking to celebrities, blah, 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 blah. He did. Yeah, I saw. I saw what was going on. I know what was. By the way, I was thinking about you. You know, <laughs> with that late night show on E, I think that was a terrific format for you. I think it was a terrific venue. You started to feel like it was trivial. You're talking to celebrities, blah 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 blah, complaining, complaining, complaining. But I believe somewhere now that you've had distance from it. I bet you lay it lay lay awake at night, sometimes, not all the time, and say, you know what, I should have enjoyed that more. I shouldn't have been so stressed out about it. It was a good venue. I was a female late-night host, which there are not a lot of. You were probably the most, I can't think of a woman who was more successful in late-night than you. You had a big audience. I bet you look back on that now and say, maybe I should have stuck with that.
1: No, that's insulting. Why would Why? I want to stick with that? Because there's no evolution there. There is, yeah, but- there's a, that's me in one format doing one thing that wasn't that interesting to me. I, listen, I, nobody could have enjoyed that period of time more than I did. I guarantee you. Did? you. I enjoyed my life at that time. I wouldn't say I enjoyed the process. No, actually, I did enjoy, enjoyed the process of making the show. We would laugh our asses off every single day at work. We would get to work and just start sending emails from everyone else's computer. We would come out of the closet to, like, the Heads of E uh, via email. I mean, all we did was bullshit all day. And we would laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And I did enjoy it. And then yes. I outgrew it.
0: See, I don't mean it as an insult. I I'm, I look at my own career. I was miserable when I worked at WNBC radio. I hated everyone. I was miserable, and then when I got fired and I went to another radio station, I looked back on. It and I said, "You know what? I probably could have had a good time there." I, I I was such an angry young man and stuff, and I and I look back on it and I go, "I could have found a way to make that work." You know what I mean? I don't mean it as an insult. I mean it as like, wow, there was something really magical about that late night show, and why not explore? Explore it more. Why run away from it? What's the rush to get away from it? You know?
1: Yeah. That's the way I, hear I look what at you're it. Saying. I hear what you're saying. I think I was just, you know, I wasn't, I was over, I had outgrown it. That's not to say I won't ever do it again. I just, at that time in my life, I just didn't, it wasn't interesting. I was, you know, irritated all the time. I needed a break. And, you know, when you say, oh, do you? when you look back, I say that's insulting because I feel like my work since I've left that show has had such a high level of integrity. You know, like my book and my documentary and my docu-series and my shows on never. Netflix and and this special especially, it's like I'm at a I'm working at a higher frequency than I was when I was just kind of winging it. You know what I mean? There's a lot more thought put into my work now. So I do believe that I'm in a better place. And I like that I've grown up a lot. You know, I'm not a self-absorbed lunatic anymore. And that's how I was for many years. I was self-absorbed. It was all about me, even though I was generous to other people like I wasn't thinking about them. I was it was always thinking about myself and that's not a way to operate. And so I had to remove myself from that situation to get myself in a better headspace.
0: Do you watch late night TV now?
1: I mean, no, I don't really watch. I watch clips online, I think, like most people, but I don't watch shows at night like that. No, I mean, and I watch so, the news. <laughs>
0: right. But I'm saying I like to go to I, bed
1: to Brian Williams. That's a nice yeah. soothing sound for me.
0: Yeah, Brian Williams is great at it. I, but I, I just think sometimes that um, you were particularly good on that format. But I know that you had angst with it. And and I don't even know what the angst was. Was it that you had to sit and talk to celebrities about their projects or something?
1: Or what aspect? Yeah, it just was like... I don't know, just the gossiping, you know, about celebrities felt empty and vacuous after a while. And then it started to feel mean. And then I was like, oh, I don't need to be doing this. Like, I mean, it's fun for a minute. It was a good gag or a good gig. It was eight years. So it was a good run. But I just, you know, it was that kind of thing, too. Plus, it's also a pain in the ass to be running a show. You have to deal with publicists, you have to deal with talent and their demands, and this person doesn 't want to go after this person, and then the comp- the other shows competing with who goes first Nicole Kidman can 't go first on your show. she has to do this show first or this jimmy it 's all of that. I was like, this is so stupid you know this isn't there's other things to be doing that 's it i don 't look back at it I know I mean this keeps coming up in interviews, and I guess for a reason i don 't look back at it like i 'm embarrassed by it. I just look back at it like that was then, and like I outgrew it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm...
0: I'll tell you why it comes up when I speak to you because I, I'm one of those guys. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of filled with fear. I like my, you know, I don't even know that I love security. this gig. Security, what, yes. It, I, I, I know I can do this. Um, there's a part of me that knows that maybe I, I could go on and do something else, but it is my security blanket, and I'm good at it. And I like doing it. And I guess so I'm trying to understand how does someone walk away from something so successful? I've talked to Rosie O'Donnell about this. I find it unbelievably admirable that she walked away from daytime television. The woman was making one hundred million dollars a year and said, I had enough. You know, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how you walk away. From something that big. and, and
1: Well, I and- think you're talking about two different personality types, first of all, or three, including, you know, Rosie. Uh, you, you know, it's your personality type. It's like, are you based in fear? Or are you based in something else? Like, you know, I don't think about things enough, whereas you overthink them. I am impulsive, and I don't overthink things. I'm like, oh, well, okay, even if it was a mistake, I don't look in the rearview mirror my whole life going, I wish I didn't do that. It's like, well, won't do that again, but That's I'm amazing. not wishing it, did, it didn't happen. You know what I mean? And I think you, you know, it, we could all work a little bit harder at embracing our shortcomings. It's not like any of us are killing it we're all fucking, you know, we're all fucked up and messed up and struggling, you know, and some of us are getting a lot of self-help. So we think we're doing better than other people when we're just as crazy as everybody else, you know, yeah. like, so I don't know. I think it's just good to give people the benefit of the doubt starting with yourself like not to be, you know, corny and like whatever, but seriously, like, give the benefit. You, that happened; it's in the past. Like, okay, let's move forward in 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 a sense of optimism and betterment. Like, I'm I'm cooler and smarter now.
0: I admire that. I I think I have my father's voice in my head all the time, who says, yeah. "You got this great thing going on. What are you going to be a schmuck and leave? This, you know, they're right, paying right, you good right. money. Right. You you you've you've made it to the top of." Don't leave now. It's good. Don't leave. You know, and, and so when I meet a woman like you who says, yeah, I got something good over here, but I'm not afraid to drop it and, and go on. And I really uh, I'm admiring of it. Honestly, you know, you're able to know yourself well enough that, hey, I no longer enjoy doing this. And yeah, it's work. Let me go see what else is out there. I think that takes a bravery. I'm I'm not saying it as a put down. I'm saying it is like, wow, I wish I had a little of that.
1: Thanks. I mean, there's, you know, there is, a. it's not like I don't have fear. It's not like I left and was like, yes, I was confident when I left. I was confident when I left Netflix. Also, I was like, okay, listen, I'm going to take a leap of faith here. This isn't right right now. This isn't right. I have to do something else. And yeah, your relevancy changes people, you know, like you're, you go from being on TV every day for 10 years or eight. And then the Netflix show was two years of that. It's like, You know, there is a whole basket of thoughts that go coincide with doing that. You're like, Oh, are people going to care about me as much? You know, my whole identity is related to my job. I don't have a husband. I don't have children. Like, and I never will. <laughs> I'll never have either <laughs> of those things. Not happening. until I marry Andrew Cuomo, that is, and become New York's first lady. Oh, you'd um, be a
0: terrific first lady. All your people would be so thrilled. Oh
1: God. First of all, we would have no marijuana legalization problems if I was the first lady of New York. I mean, it wouldn't have taken this fucking long. That's for sure. Anywho, there <laughs> is a lot of insecurity that comes with making decisions like that. I, the, I, I see, what, I mean, I relate. I, and, I can relate to what you're saying. Um, And and I think the difference in our personality is like, to me, that's a challenge. It's like, okay, great. Then, then do it. If you're so scared or if this is scary or if you think all you mean is this, then go take a real leap. So yeah, I do have fear. I just like to run through it. Like, so it, it's behind me.
0: <laughs> are you the type of person that you know if you I mean? had a guest on if, yeah, <laughs> but if you, are you the type of person that if you had a guest on who was shitty? My shitty, I don't know. I don't know what the definition would be, but like a bore. Okay, would you, you let know it what run- a shitty
1: guest? Hello, you don't know. What Give a me the definition of
0: is? a shitty guest. What somebody is somebody who
1: is not, okay? Okay, perfect. Uh, someone who's not open, who's right. guarded. You know, yes. same thing. Um, and then that's it. That's all you need to be is guarded, and you're a shitty guest.
0: Would that's never fun. That- Right. Would you let that affect your day? Would you walk out of a studio, especially when you were doing that show and say, Jesus Christ, I worked my balls off on this thing or my monologue or whatever. And, and then this person comes in and shits all over my show. You know, would, would, <laughs> would, would it, would it screw up your day or would you just kind of blow it off and say, it's not my problem?
1: No, I wouldn't. It wouldn't screw up my day at all. I'd be like, that wow. person's a loser. Like I was, I would just feel like onwards and up, you know, the next day there's another show. So who cares?
0: So healthy. Well, um, I have
1: some, I have some healthy attitudes on some things and I know I probably sound a lot healthier than I am, but I, uh, I I also have my own issues. You know, I'm not like, I have a lot of things I struggle with.
0: Is that because of your relationship with your dad? I mean, or non-relationship with your dad? Was that the uh, defining anger in your early life?
1: Well, my dad's dead now, so we're getting along great because
0: right. he's finally he's, palatable to him. He's finally,
1: you. yeah, he's yeah. finally listening he finally got and not the talking so much. <laughs> yeah. it's amazing!
0: Your dad's doing good, huh? <laughs> my dad's dead. My
1: sister called me. My sister called me, and I was campaigning in Orange County for the midterms in 2018. And I was with—I was driving back, and my sister called me to tell me my dad died. And I was like, I heard her crying, and I go, "What's wrong?" And she's like, "I goes, is it dad?" And she goes, "Yeah, dad died." And I just went. And I was like, wow. I have no feelings about that, and I said, "Are you are you crying?" And she goes, "No, but I'm trying to."
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a legacy! I, was like,
1: I go, I can't cry either. She's like, "I know it's so weird." I'm like, "I think we wanted him to die." She's like, "Me too."
0: What, what uh, the hell was the issue with him anyway? I forget. He I was just a be-
1: he was just a disappointment. You know, he there was no issue. I think I you know I judged him very harshly because a my brother died when I was nine. My father was not there to pick up the pieces. He made it ten times worse for the entire family. He sued the people my brother had been hiking with when my brother had fallen he sued their family which was like our next door neighbor he like drove them out of town and he just was like he got wrapped up in death you know like he never recovered from my brother's death so that's pretty common for people who lose their children i think um it's too it's unfortunate but yeah so he was just kind of a bummer as a father like you know he kind of ditched me when i needed him
0: so when you start, you know, I'm so fascinated by this because in your new special, you talk about, I, I, I love the special because you talk about things that I'm interested in and you you seem to tap into that, especially therapy and stuff. But this guy, you see the therapist, <laughs> Dan, uh, it, Dan, 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 the therapist is Dan, is Dan a psychiatrist or is he one of these uh
1: what? I think what? so, I think so What is he, a psychologist, psychiatrist One of those, he, I think he's a psychologist He's got a couple of uh, He's got a couple of degrees He's very, he he's, can't he, he's dispense pretty famous medicine. He can't yeah, dispense he doesn't, medicine No, so that's a psychiatrist Right? Yeah. A psychiatrist can dispense medicine Yeah, Yeah. he's a psychologist so- And then like psych, uh, psychotherapist I would say, right?
0: Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm a bit of a snob in that um, I believe you have to go to a psychiatrist because I think oh, I they're see. the smartest because right. they went to medical like, school. It's like
1: a marriage, family, child counselor, right?
0: Yeah. You know, I get nervous <laughs> that I'm... C Yeah, I get nervous that I'm going to be with some Yenta who's, uh, you know, really just winging it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't right, really right. have any any clue as to what I should be doing or how I can be helped. But I would imagine when you went to Dan the therapist, most of it was hey, I got I to gotta work out my situation with my father. I got to somehow make sense out of this, right? That was the issue.
1: No, no, no. The issue was that Donald Trump was elected and I turned into a raging cunt machine. I would go to the airport (laughs) and I would I would go to the airport, check into the first class lounge. Then I would go over to the put my shit down, go over to the Fox News section and just start going off on Trump supporters. I'd be like, hey, racist. Are you a fucking racist? And these men would be these fat, you know, middle aged, swollen, tick looking men would be sitting in the, you know, watching Fox News. And then I'd run out and I'd come back in. I'd be like, do you have a daughter? Do you want her to have any rights? And then I'd leave and I'd come back in and be like, are you still a racist? I mean, I was at that level of outrage and I had to go to a psychiatrist. Well, he's not. I guess he's not a psychiatrist. I think he is a psychiatrist Dan the therapist. Yeah, I think he's a lot of things, but I'll find out. You can look him up. (laughs) Dan Siegel. Um, He and I just had rage. And I went because, you know, people were like walking in the other direction when they saw me coming because I had such outrage about Donald Trump. I couldn't get it together and it was affecting everything i couldn't sleep like i just couldn't believe he was the president
0: and i want to talk to you about that but getting back to dan the therapist but one more second because this this is what confused me with this special this this dan the therapist that you see who is helping you in this net even saying his name on uh on my show dan siegel check him out this and that i feel like that, that this is crazy but maybe you're not taking the, the therapy serious seriously because you even have Dan, the therapist, on TV with you talking about your issues and talking about your therapy. And I believe any good therapist, and I'm, I don't know Dan, and I'm sure he's wonderful, but that is you trying to give your therapist a gift to make you his favorite patient. You are, in a <laughs> sense, listen to my theory. You are, you are trying to seduce your therapist. Not sexually, but you're trying to get him to love you more than everyone else and giving him gifts, and that's the problem in itself. And don't you think Dan should say to you, Chelsea, I don't need you to put me on TV. You're special to me. Let's keep what we have private and sacred, and let's not fall into the narcissistic loop of talking about our relationship on TV. I don't need that from you. That's my point.
1: You, you raise a very good point, Howard. As as usual, you raise a great point. Um, it happened when I wrote the book. I was going to write the book, and I said to him, listen, I'm writing a book about my, this was like a year ago or two years ago, whenever. I have no sense of time. I feel like I said just saw you guys yesterday.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> right. We've fallen I right back into him, it.
1: I said to him when I wrote *A Life Will Be the Death of Me, my last book, I said, I want to write a book about my therapy experience, like the breakthrough I had about my brother, about my father, about the reason I don't trust men, about all of my issues, about my loudness and fierceness and independentness, you know, and all of that nonsense. And uh, I said, I'm going to write a book about this. I go, I can use a pseudonym, but I would like to use you, your real name, because I, I like to tell the truth in my books. I like to use real people and say, this is my sister. Simone is her name, not Shirley. You know, um, and I asked him and he said, let me just think about that. And he's already a pretty well renowned in his field. Like people know yes. him and he's written a bunch of books. So um, I have not been on TV with him, by the way. So that's not true. What you said, I've never been okay. on television with him, but right. I have done a conference with him. This like wisdom 2.0 conference in San Francisco we did together. And what, you know, we talked about it and he was like, it was, it wasn't, it was my question my question for him to do and he agreed to it but your point that you're raising is something that you know very valid to raise yes
0: because you haven't had that sacred relationship uh i feel that's what you're craving and i feel you were testing dan with that i i really do i think you were saying dan am i important enough to you to not be Mm. seduced into going on uh, this conference with me or being in my book (sighs) I I think that was a pivotal moment in your therapy that might have been missed that I would have loved if Dan said to you, Chelsea, I care about you. I think our relationship is special and you don't need to, you don't need to uh, appear with me or be, I don't need to be in your book. Now that's, you know, I don't know. It's i I'm putting it out there.
1: Yeah. No, you put it out there and it received, (laughs)
0: I'm just trying to. He is a psychiatrist, Howard. But you have to understand also,
1: Howard, I'm very convincing. And when I want to share my life, which is my career is just sharing, right? Like all I do is overshare. People hate it or love it. Like they, you know, but that's what I do. I'm just telling everybody about my life experience. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the funny, and the not so funny. You know what I mean? And like being gritty and real. And so this is an extension of that. So for me, it is so important to be open about it because it's like everyone has this stigma you know about therapy to begin with so why not say oh here's a really successful you know well-known person who's struggling too and like look at what happened with me it could happen for you how many people have come up to me because i shared that story in my book and because i shared in my stand-up special how many people say oh my god i had no idea what my anger was about like i had no idea why i was so fucking annoyed by the entire planet you know, like to me, then that's all worth it. That's worth convincing my therapist, psychiatrist, gynecologist, whatever he is, to to do it with me. You know, not that it's yeah. a lot of convincing. Uh, in no, I mean, but- I, guess, <laughs> you know yeah,
0: I mean, but I guess like, you know, yes, that's your decision to go to be open and public about your therapy. His decision, though, doesn't have to be to go along with you.
1: No, you're right about that. I'll report him. I'm going to report him after we get no, off this call today. No, I'm sure he's yeah.
0: very good. I mean, I'm mean i just saying I, I've seen a lot of this going on um, <laughs> with celebrities and their therapists. Um, I'll tell you, I'm not I've kidding.
1: I've seen a lot of this going on. You I should was make a watching, citizen's arrest.
0: No, I, I mean, listen, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I remember watching Dave Letterman was getting a... Um, an award like a mark twain award or something like that and he was being you know honored and i don't know if it was real or not but his psychiatrist came out and honored him and i thought that that was really really unusual i I mean i really thought that that was unusual because i think the relationship is supposed to be that that's sacred that you don't get seduced by that i don't know but you know i I could be wrong
1: I think if it's really the patient's call, you know what I mean? I think it's up to the patient. You know, I know like every psychiatrist is like, if I see you in public, I'm not going to say hello to you or, you know, I mean, that's what Dan said. I was going to see him at some event. Um, that Goldie Hawn was having for her charity. And he's like, I'm going to be at, he's like, one session, he's like, I just want to warn you, I'm going to be at Goldie Hawn's event. I'm not going to say hello to you. And I'm like, Dan, that's fine. You can totally say hi to me. I, like, I, I, and he was like, no, no, you can say hi to me if you want, but I'm not going to say hello to you. So there were, you know, there was, there, he, he used to have boundaries and stuff. Right. He, had he tried. Yeah. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> what I mean, what
0: happened? <laughs> you, you seduced him. What's the matter with you? <laughs> But, but no, but, 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 you know, I do admire, though, what you do say is that, hey, I, I was in therapy and I really strongly recommend it for other people because you did work out a lot of shit. I think you're a lot less angry now. I think you did work on some of those issues and, and, and you were successful with uh, Dr. Dan, right?
1: Yeah, but it's like yeah. a daily practice. Like, I have to practice not being a cunt. I can't just think I'm fixed and then be done, you know? That's right. Like, you have to, I have to, like, spend the time meditating, spend the time reading about the reminders. That I have to be more grounded and to be more uh, empathetic, which is really hard for me. It's not something I naturally have. I had to, like, cultivate it. And I have to do exercises like I'm a little baby. You know, I have to be like, oh, God, you have to think about that. But if someone's annoying me, I'm like, think about their parents.
0: Somebody, <laughs> their right. parents
1: love them, right? You know, or right. think about their children. Their children love them. Someone, they're important to someone. Like, I have to train myself and retrain my brain so but yeah i'm a lot happier i'm a lot calmer you know i'm able to sit still now
0: and and uh, seeing a male therapist that was a conscious decision you um in other words maybe maybe a woman would have been better i don't know
1: um well you who's always looking in the rear view mirror yes a woman would have been better you're like maybe this would have been better if you hadn't spoken to dana ever maybe that would have been no i
0: don't say that i know i've seen big changes (laughs) in you i think dan had success with you i can tell you seem lighter (laughs) you know what i mean
1: Uh, are we talking about therapy like it's over are you done with it I haven't gotten, I haven't, I went to him once since I I had like a whole excursion on the East Coast where I taped this special in New Jersey and I stayed on the East Coast for like two months during COVID because it was so bad in LA. I just thought, let me get out of here. So I did like, you know, a bunch of East Coast trips and, um, wait, what was the question? Who knows. <laughs> Are you still in therapy? Yeah,
0: no. oh, She's my- on and off.
1: Uh, I, <laughs> I know I came back and I saw him and I was just like hmm, this isn't necessary right now I think therapy might work best for people me certainly intermittently you know like when you're going through something it's good to check in and have that sounding board but inveterately throughout life I don't need to sit down once a week with somebody I think it's good to take those skill set that you learn about yourself like you, you're given the gift of self-awareness right so then you have to apply it and you have to take your old personality, the good stuff, and carry it with you with this new sense of self-awareness, you know what I mean? And know that you can come off really strong or that usually, even if you're saying something nicely, people are going to think you're a bitch, you know? Like How
0: much of that weed have you smoking so far? I want to see how how far down smoking? on that. I'm smoking. sorry,
1: did you just say smoking? I, I, meant me say, sorry, I meant to say, I'm oh, sorry, no, I meant to say how much of that weed,
0: I know, how much of that weed are you smoking right now is what I meant to say.
1: I had like two hits of a joint. That's it? Yeah. That's well, my, we can go back and look at I'm, the
0: tape. I'm amazed. Um. Yeah, I'm going to check tape because I'm amazed by that too. I could never hold it together. And you're, you're doing, you, you just don't seem to be that affected by it. I am, I'm very impressed with that for some reason. I mean, you can hold it together while you smoke weed. I would be a mess. Oh, I mean, well, that's have, so
1: nice of you to say that, Howard. Thank you. I'll take that compliment.
0: Yeah. Robin, have you, have, do you
1: want to give that compliment?
0: <laughs> yeah, she does. Do you ever do you ever sit there and um, uh, uh, do you go on talk shows? You don't like notice talk- that she's laughing a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Do you go on Ellen, let's say, and smoke a joint before you go on there? Or can you can you do that? No, and- no,
1: no, no. Ellen, you got to be a, I, Ellen I, is in the middle of the afternoon. So usually I'm right. together at that time. But uh, and Ellen, I like to be sober for. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> right this show, anything goes, you could you can yeah, get it: high Yeah, anyway.
1: yeah, this is a little bit more loosey-goosey. Ellen, I got to go in there and like kill it in eight minutes or do whatever I'm going to do in eight minutes. You know what I mean? This how is an you, hour
0: How do you prepare for a stand-up special during a COVID crisis? because um you I think you've said somewhere that you did like 20, let's say uh, run-throughs. you went to a comedy club. I don't know where you go. But here you had an idea for this special. You knew what you wanted to talk about. You had worked it out. It was, you know, based on stories you had told in your book and things like that. But you got to try it in front of an audience before you go and tape an HBO special. And 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 you say 20 times and that's enough because you hadn't done stand up in a long time.
1: No, I, I had been working on this show after my, I did my book tour and I set up my book tour that people would interview me on stage. And basically what I was doing unconsciously was like trying out my standup material while I was sitting down being interviewed. You know what I mean? I was going right. through the stories and I was seeing, and then, you know, 10, 10, 10 shows like that. And I was like, Oh, at the end of this, I'm going to put this up as a stand up show. Like I've got all the material. I started repeating stories and started like writing jokes And then I put it up and I just said, book me a bunch of theater dates to my agents at UTA, Nick. I was like, book me a bunch of theater dates and let's put up stand-up shows. Because they had been, you know, my whole team is like, always like, go back to stand-up. That's where your money comes. You got to go back to stand-up. At some point, you either have to do a TV show or go back to stand-up. I'm like, fuck off. I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. Meanwhile, of course, you know, the more people who say go back to stand-up, the less I'm going to do it. And I had to kind of come around my own way because of my stubbornness. And then, so I, I, so I threw out 10 dates. I was like, I didn't even know if I could sell stand up tickets, you know, like I right. hadn't done stand up in six years. So I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, just do small theaters, you know, like, which means like sixteen, seventeen hundred 1700 seats. Um, sometimes 1200 seats. And, and I just did those dates and, you know, they, and it was great. And then I was like, Oh, okay. I've got it. Like, like this is a show. So then I practiced about. I, did, I went on tour. I did like 20 more cities, or and then I think I did 40 cities altogether. And then COVID hit, and I was about to do 20 more shows. So I already had the show in very good shape, but I just needed to work it out. So I flew after my family vacation for two weeks with all of my brothers and sisters and all of their children. I went to Providence, Rhode Island. I did the Comedy Connection, which is like a little comedy club that had 30 people in it each night because of social distancing. And I did like six shows there. Then I went to New Brunswick, New Jersey, the Stress Factory, and I did like 15, 20, 15, 15 shows there. Like just two a night for like eight nights in a row. And then I taped the special.
0: Because that makes sense to me, you know. Even the idea of going and doing a 1,600-seat theater, talk about balls. I mean, when you're first breaking in new material, I would think going to, like, the comedy store or Chuckles or, you know, one of these little clubs where you can have the freedom to bomb. You know, the, the, the scariest thing is to go to 1,600 people and bomb, but if you go to the comedy store for a half hour and you bomb, it's kind of like expected. You're trying out new material, you know? It's kind of a weird a weird, scary thing to go to a 1600 seat theater and just start trying something out, I think.
1: Yeah, Uh, or or it would be weird and scary going to the comedy store after I hadn't been in the comedy scene for that long. Maybe that was scary and that's why I prefer to do the theater. The theater, at least I'm there by myself. Nobody else gets to see it except for the people that came to see me. And at that point, I know I'm not going to bomb because I've been working on the material enough to get it on its feet. It right. was just a matter of me walking out there with the microphone in my hand and calling it stand up. I was basically doing that, sitting down, you know, and I knew what I was doing now in retrospect, but it was, it was humbling to come back to stand up. And then it was also humbling to do these practice shows for the night of my shooting of my special, to perform in front of fucking 30 people who were socially distanced and to practice this story. You've seen it. You know, there's a story. It's a narrative. So to go from the beginning, middle to end in front of, you know, a bunch of like wasted people in New Brunswick, at, yeah. at, like a strip club, essentially. No offense to the owner of the Stress Factory. Thanks for having me. But it's like a strip club. And it was, you know, bombing, like pretty much oh, the yeah? first 10 shows. I was like, oh, this is terrible. What have I done here? I can't film this. And then I was like, no, no, no. That's it, This is a weird time. We're in the middle of COVID. Just honor your material, like stick to it, stick to your guns. Don't overthink shit. Don't do that. Cause that's where I get in tr- trouble. Sorry, Chelsea, what slurred. is that
0: like? What is that like when you're at these these clubs and you say you're bombing for whatever reason, you know, okay. COVID this, that, the other thing, people depressed. But I mean, it's gotta be so humbling because here you are, you've been on television, you've written hit books, you know, number one, bestsellers, all this stuff. And now you're in some little club. And you're telling the story of your life. And when you say bombing, I mean, you you mean you're just standing there and no one's laughing, right? That's it. That's bombing. It's it's got to be humiliating.
1: Well, it's also like it's self-perpetuating because like if you let yourself, if you let it get in your head, it will. And I did because I was a little bit off my, you know, I wasn't. On, I wasn't grounded. I was a little bit off my rocker. I was like, oh, and then I did let it get in my head. And then when you get it when it gets in my head, I'm, I talk too fast. I go over my jokes. I speed through the story. You know, I naturally have a predilection for speaking too fast. So I have to literally like in my head be like, slow down, slow down. So it's like the energy you're giving out is going to get matched. Right. So if I'm in my head, then I've lost everybody anyway. And uh, so it was humbling. It was, re- yeah. it was really, it was, listen, I'm not going to lie. It was hard it, for me in that sense, not the sense that, you know, I'm struggling for food or anything like that. But right. emotionally and intellectually, it was definitely hard. And then, you know, the gift, I knew that the gift would be that night of the special, that it would be great. And it was. That's what how mm-hmm. always happens. You know, you have to, like, struggle. You have to really struggle. And whatever that means for whatever person is different. But, you know, for me, that was a struggle.
0: Yeah, I love that uh, Jerry Seinfeld special where he actually, I don't know if you've seen it. He actually uh, uh, filmed him starting. He, he, he was starting a new act. He started from scratch. Oh, yeah. And and he goes out in tanks and he's Jerry Seinfeld. You know, everyone isn't used to seeing this guy, this accomplished comedian, maybe one of the best in the world tank. And, you know, I don't. That's the thing about stand up that blows my mind. I mean, if I have a shitty show, I'm here in my my own room. I don't I don't know really what the reaction is. I mean, people will write me or something, but to be out there in a sense, naked. And revealing your life and what you think is funny and then just watching them stare at you. It's got to be that you got to have the strongest mind on the planet to to, to endure that.
1: It, yeah, it was definitely tough. harder. It was definitely harder this time than when I started when I was like 21. <laughs> like that yeah. was scary. But this was scarier because... You know, now it's like I've already established myself. I already have all of these things. So it's like you're putting yourself on the line in a different way, in a spoiled, entitled, you know, celebrity way. Let's not be – let's be clear. Uh, right. But but you are putting – you're like – uh you know, is everybody gonna roll their eyes? Is everyone gonna, oh here she comes? Like I just get to prance in and out of whatever medium I feel like at the time. You know, I feel like people think that about me, and they think I'm spoiled or I'm I'm entitled, and you know, and they're not wrong. I have acted that way in the past, but uh, so yeah, all of those feelings. You're like oh god, but I honestly think it's always so true. Like when you're being that real and you're, like, willing to do that, I mean, come on. You're always going to get rewarded when you take chances like that. And you, like, just do it, you know?
0: Well, you know, um, uh, but by the way, the special Evolution is currently airing on HBO Max. So um, you left Netflix, you went to HBO. I think you felt that that was a better place for this special. And, and when I was watching it, I, um, I said, this is a really good observation about people. You were talking about your vagina, and you were saying that because you were known for fucking black guys like uh, Fifty Cent, that now when you date a white guy, they think your vagina is really big and stretched out, and they're not going to be able to fulfill you <laughs> no, and fill your vagina.
1: That's not what I said at all. That's how <laughs> you are I took elaborating. it. Elaborating, you are. All well, right, tell me what you meant. No, I. I, I thought said that's a what you were white- saying. A lot of white men have said to me that they think I only date black men. Right. And that's like, you know, that's a thing that people think about me. And I'm like, what? That's so not true. I'm totally into white guys. You know what I mean? So, but that explains a lot, actually. It gives me more ammunition about why, you know, men are so scared to approach
0: me. Yes. But you said the beaver, when you said, uh, I'm not making this up. You said, Hey, white guys. The beaver I, retracts. I said,
1: yes, I, that's all I yeah. said. I said beavers retract. I didn't say old, big, vagina, smelly, whatever else no, you said. No,
0: I didn't say old, big, vagina. you're saying.
1: Yeah, you did. It, you just said it 20 seconds ago. Rewind the tape. You just right. said that. <laughs> right, Robin? Fat old, smelly,
0: Robin. vagina. No, I'm saying when you no, say you the beaver. That
1: they might think you're stretched out is what.
0: Yes. Basically oh, saying.
1: Okay, that's Sorry, Okay, that. Yeah,
0: that's what I be- I believe when you said, I'm not making this up. This came out of your mouth that the, you, you're saying to people <laughs> hey guys the beaver retracts you weren't talking about yeah. jerry mathers leave it to beaver you were talking about <laughs> the beaver saying,
1: it's, first of all it's not the beaver i said beavers retract interesting
0: beavers. you called vaginas beavers yeah is that it? do you think that's because it's funny or is that what you call a <laughs> vagina <laughs> um, <laughs> why the word beaver uh, <laughs> I thought out was that
1: a beaver is a pretty funny word, I think. Yeah, beaver I, is a great word. I don't normally call my I, my vagina my beaver. I don't. Like really you don't say, say good morning,
0: beaver. You don't <laughs> talk to me.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. no. no, but you know, I've never heard a woman call vagina beaver. Oh, that a
1: guys' I, word. Maybe that's why. No, I, say, I, the, I don't think anyone's
0: calling. I think you're in a whole <laughs> other universe with that word, beaver. I think that's we also old, in my family.
1: We used to call it a uh, Pikachu. Well, we did. Pikachu <laughs> and caslapis are vaginas growing up. Nah. It's like Kislopis is not a, a euphonious word at all. I mean,
0: did that come from your father? No wonder you're angry with him. He, he's called your <laughs> vagina caslapis. But, but I know. But I like Chelsea. that question.
1: By the way, um, I like that question, Howard, that you asked Cuomo the other day about. His dad, you know, like getting his love, wanting and I love that. It was so good because no one's asked him anything about anything other than COVID. I'm like, I'm so done with hearing him talk about COVID. You know, I'd rather right. hand him another topic and let's start again. <laughs> yeah,
0: right? No, it, it, you know, that is the. I, I wonder if you. I wonder if you ever will go out with him. I wonder what that no, would be like. I think the like.
1: ship is. I think the moment is past. <laughs>
0: I think, you know, now that we're sitting and talking, it wouldn't be the craziest thing, really. You know, on paper, it doesn't look like it would work. But Well, I I don't think
1: that. Listen, let's be honest. I don't think a guy like Andrew Cuomo is down to be with a woman like me. He's Why? not down with that because I'm loud and I'm out there and I say things and I'm he wants a woman that is just going to sit in Albany or wherever he lives. West. Ch- I don't know where he lives, right. wherever he lives. And he wants her to just hang out and he wants to govern her, you know, all the time and be the man. <laughs> And he's not down for a real relationship, which, by the way, was partially the reason I was trying to him. I, like, right. oh, I love the idea of flying in for a night or two and then not seeing somebody for two weeks. Like that is, I'm, I'm so down with that. No one will ever know. So. That would have been actually a cute setup. But I mean, I've seen the background pictures of that mansion in Albany, the governor's mansion. It's tragic. It's like red velvet. I mean, I couldn't last more than 24 hours <laughs> wow. in a place like that. And then like yeah, wood, but, dark wood everywhere. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, but you would redecorate once you got your hooks into, uh, 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 Andrew, you would, you would, uh, redecorate the mansion. I mean, come on. No, no, you know what? It would be interesting. The two of you, maybe, maybe it should happen. I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking more Robin for uh, Andrew Cuomo, but I could see Oh, say, well, I'm not yeah. even right for that. Andrew. I'm not right for Andrew Cuomo. Come on. Let's yeah. be serious. I can't
1: believe you don't have a man either, Robin. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about, right? You've got the same problems. I have like three close girlfriends who are, you know, loud and proud, and they're all single too. So it's like you have to pay a price for being... But there are some women who are loud and proud and do have great husbands, so I don't want sure. to like... But that's but a I special it, man. True. That's a special man. Yeah, it takes a really... If that's... Yes, it takes. Sorry, a really I'm taking man. girls.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. Special, did someone say?
1: You.
0: No, I want to clarify something. But, you know, I really do, Chelsea.
1: In a moment of clarity, I would like to clarify something.
0: No, I do. Because in the stands special, here's what you say. I want to use this opportunity to make a PSA for white men who are scared of women who have dated black guys. Beavers retract. Now, in my mind, just so I don't sound crazy. <laughs> i think what you were saying is that white men assume that black men have bigger penises and then when they go to bed with you your 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 vagina hasn't retracted since your experience with a black yes, man yes
1: it, that's, that's a yes. fair
0: interpretation of what the, the what was in the special
1: yeah that was what they told that's what yes i've been told that before yes. by white men
0: yes you know this is that um, something um,
1: you believe howard
0: you know listen I have been, uh,
1: I think that's a yes. <laughs> no. Don't hesitate.
0: <laughs> I have been with women who have been with black men and, and and other races than the white race. And uh I I no, I was not hung up on that. I was not hung up on
1: that. Okay. I wasn't
0: okay. You know, you do your Kegels and I assume everything snaps back into shape.
1: <laughs> there we go. There it That's is, right. everybody. There it there is. It the is. Kegel
0: exercise. <laughs> this special is very exciting. I'm excited for you, Chelsea. We're talking about HBO Max. I have HBO Max. It's, it's quite good. good.
1: They good. have good programming, by the way. I've watched a bunch of shows on there recently. It's nice. I'm still yeah. trying to figure out how to get it. <laughs> oh, just go. It's like, so it gives you it's HBO Right. Yeah, and yeah, you just add it like it's the higher, like, you know, the more inclusive level of HBO. All right, because I had
0: HBO Go, and now I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do.
1: HBO Chelsea. Max will have all of HBO on it. What is it, Howard?
0: How, how do you know uh, Dave Chappelle? How did you become friendly with him? Because I know you went out to that place in Ohio where he set up a stage. Uh, you went out and did one of the shows. What? What? How do you know him?
1: Uh, I mean, I think I've met him years ago. I heard you talking about him the other morning, um, about him not coming on the show. Right. I would, I do believe it's cause it's too early.
0: Yeah, I do too. I, I ran yeah. into him and we talked about it, but I would love to have him yeah, back he on. He
1: goes to bed, you know, he doesn't wake up until late. Like he doesn't, he operates on a different schedule schedule.
0: How did you end up being one of the comics who goes down to, he, I know he has these shows he does in Ohio. He has an outdoor kind of uh theater. That he set up. And, uh, so Letterman was down there. Um, gee, Chris Rock went down there. A lot of the comics are going down there. I didn't know that you had gone down there to do a show.
1: I yeah. I was driving, across, I was driving across country, uh, over the summer with a couple of girlfriends and we were going through Ohio. So I stopped for a night and stayed there and did a set. And it was really, really fun. And I mean, he's created like a whole city down there. And you get, so you get tested before you get there. Well, oh, you get tested when you get there. And then you get a bracelet and everyone in the bracelet is able to like mingle. And he sets up this bar for after that's like, at a, it's like a disco from the seventies. It's just so much fun. And everyone just parties till like six in the morning. So I had to get the up. fuck. Yeah. I had to get the fuck out of there after the first night. Cause I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't operate like that anymore. It is, when you say, it is so much fun.
0: Well, what is the fun? In other words, everyone gets wasted. They, yeah, in other words,
1: everyone's on mushrooms. Everyone's dancing. I couldn't dance because I had a herniated disc, but I, I was, we were just, and we know that the show first is fun. You know, it was like, right. uh, Michelle Wolf was there and, uh, uh Ali Wong was there and Donnell Rawlings, who used to be on Chelsea Lately all the time. So I hadn't seen him in years. So it was a really fun group of people. The guy who runs Live Nation is a really good friend of mine, Jeff. And I had just been with him in Maine and he does everything with Chappelle. So he's like, if you're coming, come stop through. And so I did.
0: And the Chappelle, and- I'm I'm dying to understand this. The Chappelle put you up for the night. In other words, uh, hey, Chelsea's coming. She's going to hang out with us. Uh, does he does he have a compound there of some sort that uh, you can uh, sleep over?
1: Yeah, he has a house a, and a guest house and I have my dogs with me. My rich white lady dogs as they refer to them as. Um I and they I <laughs> what see it, a Little white house.
0: dogs, little white fluffy no, dogs. No, no they're what big What is and the fluffy. rich white lady dog? Oh yeah. Uh,
1: and they're and- like chows, like chows. Oh okay. And um yeah, I spent the night at his guest house and right. um and and yeah, I did a set and then I left in the morning. So I was like there for about 24 hours, which was fun. And, and uh, yeah, the, you... everyone stays in hotels, I guess. And there's right. everyone like there's comics that have moved down there because that's the only stage time there's really has been, you know. So there's like a group of comics that are down there.
0: No kidding. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, thinking
1: about buying property and stuff. So I think maybe Chappelle has some, I mean, maybe he's going to turn it into something bigger one day. I mean, you, he could. I mean, people, 450 people every night drive in for wow. for it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's outside. I mean, in the winter, you know, it's probably not likely because they'd have to get a tent. But I don't but see said, why they wouldn't do that.
0: You said, I mean, and you, you do drugs and you know how to party. You're saying that for you, it was even too much to spend more than one day there <laughs> because you without I mean what were you doing were you doing you were doing mushrooms
1: No, I didn't do mushrooms that night because I had a herniated disc, so I couldn't, I didn't want to get out of control because I, my body, I had just gotten an epidural in New York City just so I could do this road trip. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't want it to be like all fucked up. I didn't want to. So I was just drinking. That's all I did. But it was still fun. I was there to like 2.30 in the morning. But, you know, Dave's awesome. And his wife, Elaine, is awesome. I mean, I had so much fun with her and she just kind of like, they just have this, comedian like you know haven down there or up there it's in ohio it's not really down anywhere um and they've built this little city so they just Jeez. yeah and everyone it goes goes you know he could get anyone to come i mean he's like the king he's like the king of the world
0: (laughs) i know it's like and he loves comics obviously to do that i mean he he obviously has a, a desire to be with comics and and hang with them so
1: yeah, it's he really, really nice. is so sweet and gracious, too. Like, he's such a sweet guy, you know, and he's obviously, you know, really interesting to be around and talk to about, like, political stuff and historical stuff.
0: Yeah, I, um, you know, in, in the special you were talking about, I thought this was uh, incredibly honest. You said um when you worked at Netflix, when you were working with them. They made you uh, undergo sexual harassment training,
1: (laughs) which is so I like to undergo, undergo, you're going to have to undergo.
0: (laughs) You had to undergo sexual harassment training um, uh, because you were shooting a documentary on white privilege. And you you grabbed some woman's ass or something. I mean, you you smacked this
1: black woman on the ass thinking it was like, oh, like, hey, sister, you know, like, good job, (laughs) sister. I had just hugged her. And then when I was done hugging her, I was like, oh, you know, like. Cutesy. I was I was thinking I was being cutesy. She was not. She didn't like that at all. So I had to (laughs) call her and apologize. And I had to I was like, you know, I was defensive because I'm like, I'm first of all, I'm straight. Why do I have to go to sexual harassment training? Like, I wasn't trying to sleep with this woman. I was okay. So it's inappropriate. Let's frame it that way. But why do I isn't there another class I can take? Anyway, I went, I called her and she's like, you know, you have no right to touch me or touch my body or my hair. She's like, you know, black women have been defined by their hair and their asses since the beginning of time, so you have no right to touch my person. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, Mm. whoopsie. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for fucking telling me because I'm a fucking moron. And I remember telling my, you know, my psychiatrist, Dan, (laughs) Dan. uh, if he, if he, if about it, and he was like, yeah, you're not allowed to touch people. I'm like, really? I'm like, that's I'm like, so I'm not allowed to touch white people like that either. And he's like, no, you can't no touch people. anyone like that. I'm like, that's right. how I say hello to my sister. I grab her by the caslapis. I'm like, beep, beep, you know. I right. want to like, <laughs> I'm a, that's how I operate. I grab people's boobs and like, you can't do that anymore. Like, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. We all have to stop behaving like that. So it's not just like men are confused. You know, it's a confusing time for a lot of people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know too many women how to go undergo um uh sexual harassment <laughs> training. <laughs> so she's in there. Out, she's in there. You don't know many Charlie women who
1: come out the other side of, of sexual after undergoing sexual harassment training. So
0: so um and you're saying you grab you when you see your sister, you grab her vagina. That's something that you uh like to do. Yeah, you, like uh, I
1: grab my I harass my sisters all the time. I'm very like <laughs> right. you know, like sexually harass them. And even my nieces and nephews, like it's inappropriate not nephews sorry but my niece is like i'll you know like i'm always like very handsy and I my see. sister is like you know that's not like so cool anymore i'm like hmm, well they're glad you know, she was know- in the class too
0: you know who I think is going to like that? Governor Cuomo when he uh, finally hooks up with you. All that grabby touchy stuff. It's going to be fun. <laughs>
1: Governor Cuomo.
0: Yeah. I wonder Governor- if he could survive a night with you. What would you do to him? What, do you, do think you have fantasies? He's up-
1: let's be honest. Let's be honest, you guys. Robin, let's wait in and please, okay? Do you think mm-hmm. he's up for a night with me? Let's be honest about this. What do you do mean? If you know, he that? thought
0: nobody was going to find out, you know, I think oh, he'd yeah. have a well, curiosity. By the way, I'm up for, yeah.
1: I, I'm up for, I, I, he, I'm very up, I'm up for that too. Privacy is perfect. All right. I don't, right. I this don't this know. To be more How are we going to fly
0: you in? How are we going to fly you in and sneak you in there so that you can finally <laughs> fuck this How guy? Do I
1: fly privately to Albany.
0: That's <laughs> right. No, that's it's, not that know.
1: hard. I mean, that's easily accomplishable. So that's not the problem in this equation. But do, do you, you have really any? Think that- do you, think, do you have Howard, a romantic that
0: he, but but okay, go ahead, sorry yeah. do you
1: think he's physically stamina wise up for it oh, like, yeah okay, I do all right okay are you, are you asking
0: me do do I think our governor here in New York can get an erection and that hold it with it? You? uh of course he's a new yorker he was he grew up uh in the rough and tough neighborhoods so no, he knows how to he knows how to <laughs> fuck sure of course he does how dare you how dare you insult my governor? <laughs> Um, (laughs) the governor of new york of course he should go (laughs) after i get get you in there and sneak you in and you fuck him you'll tell me privately if he could deliver the goods i think he could i'm telling you and 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 what is your fantasy as a woman uh that would what would go on with him what would you what do you imagine when you when you really are fantasizing
1: it was really in the moment come on you know it was in the moment it was like